All right. So one of the things we're talking a lot about in the high level hornpipe is, or one of the things that we're having trouble with is what we call short note fusion. Short note fusion is a fake fundamental. It's not a real thing. Um, it's a nickname that we give to a common problem that we have when we play. All right. What is the common problem that the fake fundamental short note fusion uh, is designed to address? Who can give it to me in the chat? What's the problem that we have? Beth says basic rhythm. Well, it's a good guess to get warmed up. All right, so the problem that we have is two fundamentals, two different fundamentals really close to each other. And so the problem that we have is one fundamental is being sacrificed to benefit the other. Okay? Lou, that's right. So a short note into an embellishment is what we're talking about, generally speaking. So here, I need, fat, I need fatter uh, line width here. Let's go even fatter. Let's just go for it. So here we have a dot and a cut, right? Yay. Here we have a dot and a cut. And then we have something along the lines of a doubling. All right. So what's happening is we have two fundamentals here, right? Two important fundamentals that we know that we know are important. The first one is the dot and the cut here. The dot and the cut is an important bagpipe fundamental. But then we also have a doubling here. Doublings or embellishments are important bagpipe fundamentals. Now, the problem that we have when we play is to do one right next to the other is very challenging, especially because what's at the end of a dot cut? A cut note. And the cut note is very short, very short period of time. And then we have to play an embellishment. The components of an embellishment are also very short and they happen in a very short period of time. So the, the problem that short note fusion is designed to address is the sacrificing of one quick fundamental to benefit another quick fundamental, you know, uh, to benefit a, why don't we say something even like this, a neighboring quick fundamental, right? So we have two quick fundamentals next to each other and one of them gets sacrificed. There we go. Trying to figure out how to explain it. This might be the best way, right? There's two rapid fundamentals next to each other and one of them gets sacrificed. So, um, you know, what's a, what's a good one here? Can we use our imagination? And see, see that uh, the, this little diagram I drew represents this. Right? Everybody see how that could kind of make sense? Now, we have 
the short note leading into the embellishment here. And what is all too common? What do most of us do? Most of us, in order to make the e-doubling easier, do what? Beth says we shorten the dotted note. Yep, that's partially true. But more important to this and what short note fusion is all about, most of us elongate the short note. Okay? Sometimes known as rounding things out. Sure. That's what elongation of the short note means. So instead of playing right, we play this. But in the context of a lot of tunes like marches and stress bays, if we do this, the resulting effect is what? It's roundness, right? Can everybody hear how the, uh, how the treatment of the short note before the embellishment in what I just played is a little bit too long? I'm hedging on that note so my doublings can be perfect. Now, my doublings were really good in that case, all right? But now listen to the difference of properly fused short notes on the effect of that stress bay. I didn't actually change how I played any of the embellishments, at least not purposely, right? But the way that I uh, attached the short note to the upcoming embellishment and fused the two things together properly greatly benefits the quote-unquote expression of the tune. It changes the tune from being incorrect to being correct, and we can really hear the difference. Can everybody sort of hear the difference there? Hopefully. Okay, so a little bit more detail here. We have um, in a dot and a cut, what is the length of the cut note in a properly executed dot cut in the bagpipes? It is as short as possible, sure. And we know technically that means as short as musically possible. Yep. Okay. ASAP. Everybody happy? Now we have an embellishment over here. Let's just take a different one. Let's take a grip just to mix things up. And also a grip is a three-step movement. Here we have a grip. Okay. A grip has three steps in it. What are the three steps? The three steps are play low G, D grace note on low G, and then in this case, let's pretend we're just going to C. All right? Now, 
a grip, how long should each step of a grip be? And okay, the answer is going to be as short as musically possible, right? But let's just back up a step. How are we taught to play grips in the normal world outside of the comforting blanket of the dojo? We're, sp we're told to play embellishments crisp, concise, sharp. What are some other words that we use to describe how a doubling should sound? Bubbling, uh, forceful, poignant, uh, what else? Chip, chip, apparently. Not crushed, I like that, taking a different angle. Right, so uh, what, what's, really, what's really the message going on here, right? The message in how people would normally describe an embellishment is the embellishment needs to be played as uh, quickly as possible, right? As concisely, as, as crisp as possible. But obviously, as John McCain said, there's a limit to just how small we can make it before the movement becomes crushed. So what is the actual translation of this, right? What, what do people actually want when they use subjective terms like chip, chip, crispy? That was the big thing when my dad taught me that the grip has to be more crisp, right? No, the guys, no. The real translation is, each step of the embellishment should be played accurately and as short as musically possible. That's the translation, right? So the, each step of the movement has to be played as short as we possibly can while still being able to hear it. Because if you can't hear it, there's no point of playing an embellishment whatsoever, right? Let's explore this with the grip, right? So obviously, right? Now, in the perfect world, for a beginner, right? That's, that's a perfectly good grip. I'm not going to tell a beginner to change that grip. But at the end of the day, that grip is well played except for one thing. It's not crisp enough. It's not small enough, right? It's not rapid enough. All right, so let's go more rapid. Here's some more grips, ready? I'm gonna go, now I'm gonna go rapid with my grip. Right? I, I went rapid with my grip. Does anybody see a problem with that? What was the problem with my rapid grips? You hardly heard it. Did it sound more like a grip to you or just a random sound that doesn't make a whole lot of musical sense? Yeah, it's a random sound. So, so the first grip was too open. Second grip was far too rapid. What is the actual correct way to play the grip? The correct way to play the grip is each step as quickly as I possibly can while still being able to hear the steps. Something perhaps like this. Right? 
right all of those embellishments that i played were nice and crisp sounding they're the way an embellishment should sound okay the steps i played as rapidly as i could but made sure that i could hear each step clearly now they are happening very fast great but i can hear the steps clearly right that's what makes an embellishment good when i go play a solo competition or I go play in the band, okay, the starting point for all embellishments is going to be exactly that method. Each step of the movement played as short as musically possible. Does that make sense to everybody what I just went through? It's really important that it makes sense because this is the name of the game. So we have, we have our steps of the movement and all of our steps should be played ASAP. Okay? Now, do you notice a similarity in concepts here? We have ASAP over here by the dot cut. Yay, ALAP ASAP. And then we also have ASAPs being the length of the steps of the embellishment. Does anybody see... Like, are these two things similar? I would say, no, they're not similar. They are exactly the same concept, concept, concept. They are exactly the same concept. It's beautiful, actually. It's amazing. Right? We can see there's more, there's more to this than just throwing subjectivities at the wall, right? There's something really interesting going on here. On an instrument with a continuous airflow, with no control over dynamic range, this concept of as short as musically possible becomes a core fundamental of what we're doing to create really good music on this instrument. There's more to this than meets the eye. And it's really, really interesting. And it also gives us a great opportunity, right? It also gives us a great opportunity to, um, to generate like really consistent, excellent playing. I'm going to attempt to draw a staff. What do you think? Too close together? I think so. So let's do the opening three notes of Green Hills of Tyrol. What are the opening three notes of Green Hills of Tyrol? I know my staff's not perfect, by the way, but uh, if anyone mentions it, I'm going to kick them out of the room. Opening three notes. A, B. Okay, we've got a G grace note up here. On the A, just for good measure, and then we have our grip. Is this a fusion moment? Is this a fusion moment? Where does the fusion happen? Fusion happens going from B, 
into the grip. The B must be fused to the grip. Why? Why should it, why must it be quote unquote fused? Because the B is the exact same type of rhythm or type of note or length as the steps of the grip. By the way, the dark blue against the black doesn't work that well, does it? Good. Let's write out now all of the notes we're going to play. All right. I'm writing out the same thing again in a slightly different way. Yeah, Beth, it's probably because we're more used to it. Um, yeah. All right. Figure one and figure two are written quite differently, but they, they sort of represent the exact same thing. All right, let's play the pink one together. Uh, don't worry about like what time signature or any of that crap here, okay? This is just an illustration, all right? The, the quarter notes are long and the ones in the middle are as short as, these are all of our ASAPs here. These are all ASAPs. Now we're not gonna play them as short as musically possible quite yet. Let's just practice playing this figure though. It's gonna go like this. Right? Okay, everybody understand that? Can everybody play that? Now what we're gonna do is, we're gonna start to speed up that middle group of three. Okay, we're gonna start to speed up the middle group of three, but remember, all three have to be exactly the same length. And then see how, by the, by the time we're done speeding it up, it becomes this. Anybody having like aha moments or, oh, that makes so much more sense. Exactly. We now have the first three notes of 90% of the three fours in the bag. The problem is, right, this is a fun diagram to draw out. But the problem is, we have, um, we have this hundreds of times throughout many of our two fours, stress space, dot cut hornpipes, and dot cut reels, right? So you're not going to be able to draw out this diagram every time, okay? You have to understand the concept and be able to do it in the situation, okay? The first low G is still on the beat. Well, yep. Or the final C is on the beat, depending on how you do it. But yes. All right. Let's look at the high level, right? All right. So uh, let's go with our blue again. Uh, in the third part, we have this. Now, look. Just because there's not an embellishment doesn't mean there's not a group of ASAPs. All right. 
So in the high level, we have this. Something like this, something like this. Got some grace notes. Does this look familiar? Third bar of third part. The other reason the grip seems easier, I would say, Beth, is that it is actually easier. There's uh, far fewer things that can go wrong in the grip thing than in this. Several fewer. All right, so here we go. Now, is this a fusion? And the answer is yes. Right, now there's not an embellishment after the ASAP note, but there is uh, a cut followed by a dot, just like a standard doubling would be. So if we were to draw this out kind of like we did the last example, kind of like, but let's just, uh, let's just like attach these three guys. And we'll do one, uh, we'll give this guy a hat. Okay. That needs to be on the beat, by the way, also. Uh, Jen says, yes, from E to C or C to low A. I'm confused. Right, the fusion is from the E to the C. That's right, yes. But really, it's all together, right? But really, don't, really you don't want to think about fusion being between two notes, right? It's, it's from the ASAP of a dot cut into all of the steps of the upcoming, usually, embellishment. But it could be an upcoming sequence of short notes. Uh, for example, in a Strasbe, we might have... Uh, where the high A is fused into that one of those triplet runs that you see in a Strats Bay, that is also fusion because it's a short note fused into a series of short notes. Got me? Uh, let's try this one together. So uh, let's not go ASAP quite yet. We'll just do this. See how all three of those notes are even together? Okay. Now let's speed it up a little bit. See how that kind of translates to the high level? Hey everybody, Andrew Douglas here from the Piper's Dojo and I just want to say thanks so much for listening to today's iteration of the podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, it would be super helpful to us and to a lot of bagpipers out there trying to find us. If you could give us a top-notch review on whatever platform you're using, 
to listen to this podcast, particularly Apple, iTunes, and Spotify, and things like that. Your review would be really, really helpful. So if you have a moment today, definitely go over there and help us out. Other than that, until we meet again on the podcast or somewhere else, thanks again for listening.